the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Morning, everybody. A Saturday. I'm Peter Boyle. 710 KNUS. The best place to talk in the city. 67 will be the high, says the 710 KNUS Weather Center. 72 tomorrow. 72, uh, excuse me, 68 on Monday. Great motorcycle riding weather days. Plan on it. Uh, Ski season is underway. Winter Park opened. All is well in the world. The way I planned this show, and of course, as I say constantly, talk radio, no man its master, I really wanted to spend the first hour uh, talking about the, the, the what we're watching now, including this rise of anti-Semitism raising its ugly head, and then asking this question, who is, who is Israel at war with? Well, that got away from me almost right away. And then the second hour, I planned at least on the first 30 minutes to talk about Front range, Republican politics, no one better. He has become a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Dick Wadhams. Thanks for doing it, and welcome back to the show. Hey, Peter. Nice to be with you. Thank you. Uh, We've spoken quite a bit this week. I want to start with um, John Eastman and how much heat I took from having John Eastman hang up on me when I called John Eastman on his crap. And now in California, the uh, judge has made the preliminary finding that John Eastman, uh, John Eastman breached his professional ethics when he aided Donald Trump's bid to overturn the 2020. It's a huge milestone. Um, what do you do with all of that? Well, it is a big moment in, in this whole um, debate over the stolen election conspiracies that uh, uh, so many in the Republican Party, especially here in Colorado, uh, continue to espouse. And um, from what I've read, uh, the um, both sides in this matter will have until November 22nd to give um, uh, closing arguments to the judge uh, before she issues her decision at some point. But no, it's a it's a big moment, and um, I think the writing is probably on the wall for Mr. Eastman. There is there are some people I read, and these are the wags in California that. Sometime next week, he may have his ticket pulled. Do you do you buy into any of that? I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm a little unclear on the process. But okay. This this initial decision that there is a preliminary finding mm-hmm. of culpability that uh, would get my attention, and um, uh, he's certainly going to be focused on that for a while. Well, he's fighting to keep his bar license right now, and, right. and he's also fending off criminal charges in Georgia. And he's been charged alongside Trump and, what, 17 others with right. uh, racketeering conspiracy about the, uh, the laws in 2020. How do, and I know we can't see around corners, but how do you think that ends? Well, I think those um, uh, the when Jenna Ellis and, and mm-hmm. uh, the, the Kraken and, mm-hmm. and the other guy decided to uh, take a deal. Scott, and, uh, Scott to, Hall and... Uh, Cheeseboro, yeah, yeah, those guys, yeah. Cheeseboro, yeah. yeah. And when they, to, to cut their losses, I think that was pretty significant, and it doesn't bode, bode well who, uh, for those like Eastman who are still hanging out there. 
But um, uh, so I, I, I can't see how this is going to go the right direction for those guys. He took the, uh, I watched some of the video, he constantly took the Fifth Amendment, Eastman. Yeah. Um, throughout all of this testimony, uh, Eastman really just fifth it, fifth it. And um, remember, and Donald Trump fifths it. And remember, Trump said only mobsters, <laughs> only gangsters take the fifth. Um, Eastman claims he advised Trump and all these different things, but he wouldn't cross the line. I think he is swarmy enough that he, he's going to have, he has great legal representation, I would guarantee. And they're going to say to him, look, John, no good is coming out of this. And if you go make your deal now, especially with the Kraken doing that flip. Um, but, and then again, who knows? And there, there are all these 17 other people. And if they start, if they start that in. So we'll, we'll, tat, we'll put that aside. Now let's come to Colorado. Um, so Ken Buck says that's enough. What happens next? Well, there will be a big primary in the 4th Congressional District, and while there will be a lot of issues that will determine who wins that primary and and, uh, ultimately represents the 4th Congressional District, uh, the fact is is that this whole stolen election conspiracy stuff is going to be a big part of that because I don't know who it will be, but there will be one or two candidates who will get into this race who – uh, fall within that crowd. I mean, uh, and um, and then the other factor, Pete. Maybe uh, I don't know if we've talked about this. The Colorado Republican Party changed the bylaws mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year to allow the state party to get involved in primaries, which is unprecedented. Party's never been done. There's always been an express policy of neutrality in primaries. Not anymore. Oh. The state party can get involved, and 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 I would fully predict that this state party, which is so totally in bed with Trump and his conspiracies, that they will uh, intervene and try to nominate a candidate who uh, is a stolen election conspiracist. I agree. And is that a pretty safe seat? In other words, can you run a an almost Tina Peters candidate and given those politics can still win? It is a safe seat, uh, Peter. It's not as safe to say the 5th Congressional District, which is the Colorado Springs-centric district. Uh, it is probably safer than the 3rd Congressional District. In fact, um, I think there's every uh, potential for the 3rd District to be lost if um, Lauren Boebert is a nominee. Remember, she almost she only won by 546 votes in a, in a district that has a nine-point Republican edge. Now, the 4th is pretty safe, but I would, I would say this. If they if the Republicans in the fourth nominate somebody really on the on the way outside the mainstream, it it could get interesting. So I think the primary does matter. No, I'm I'm with you. Um, we know that Deborah Flora walked off the show when the announcement came from Ken Buck. Uh, one of the other leading contenders also works here, and that's that's George George Brockler. Um, Brockler does not believe in the conspiracy. Is there any chance in hell that, and I think George is leaning personal belief, I think he's leaning into wanting to run. If he steps into that, uh, I always said it's going to be 
Caesar on the courthouse steps. They're going to they'll stab him from all sides. The um, the stench of Trump party leadership and the others will destroy George. Now, he may, he may have a fighting chance. I, I don't I don't know what Deborah's position is on the um, on the election. So those are I the, think she's been pretty careful not to, to throw in with that crowd. Um, but but I, that would that would be how I would speculate. And George has, you know, openly said. So, like I said, I don't know what Deborah says or doesn't say. So with apologies. But so Buck's not going to seek reelection. What do you cite Buck? Why do you believe Buck did what he did? Oh, I take what he said at face value, Pete. I think he was increasingly finding himself at, at odds with a big part of the Republican Party, not only in Colorado, but probably in, in Washington in the U.S. House. And that uh, I think over time he's gotten increasingly concerned about this, uh, uh, this conspiracy crowd. And uh, he understands how how it undermines the party's ability to win elections. I mean, we've seen it here in Colorado. I mean, it yeah. I know the, the Trump people don't believe it, but Donald Trump and his conspiracies took down the entire ticket in 2022, 2018, 2020. I mean, mean, go down the line. Um, and I, mean, I think Ken still would have won a primary and, and would have been reelected if he had run again. But I think it probably uh, just came to a head for him. And he's been there 10 years. That's a long mm-hmm. time. And, and he's ready to do something else. So I, I, I just kind of take him at face value. Dick Wadhams is here. Let me quote what I found. This is Buck. We lost our way, that's in quotes, said Mr. Buck, 64, who announces his intentions in interviews and video news releases. Quotes, we have an identity crisis in the Republican Party if we cannot address the election denier issue and we continue down that path. We won't have credibility with the American people on what and how we're going to solve problems. That is so well said. I thought that was a great statement Ken made, uh, and it really puts it in perspective. Boy, oh boy. Um, when when you color Colorado, what color is Colorado now in this red, blue, th- hall, middle color, upper color, lower color? What, what color is Colorado? Peter, at this moment, it is deep blue. It, it's, um, I don't think we're even close to being light blue or, or, or purple at this no. point. And, I mean, you cannot look at what happened the previous four elections and see how Democrats are in a commanding position, more of a commanding position than they have been since the 1930s, and see how Republicans lost elections. Uh, now, this is what is just hilarious to me, and, and, and I do, you know this too, that uh, the the Trump uh, mega crowd, they say if we had just nominated people like Ron yeah, Hanks and yeah. Tina Peters, Tina Peters, we would have won those elections oh, last year. My God, um, I mean, and, and and the pathetic thing, Pete, is they believe it. Um, oh yeah. And and so as long as we have that crowd controlling the Republican Party uh, at this point, because they do, they run the state party. Sure. Um, uh, we're we're going to be in this position, and uh, but that's the pathetic situation we have ourselves in right now. So, is it we burn it down? You know, do we die inside to prove our point that we were right, but we're not? And they, I mean, their history is replete with fanatics and cultists and others who are more than willing to die 
for a cause or a reason. There's a great line in reading philosophy, everybody else's God is a joke except mine. Everybody else's God is false except mine. Well, you go around the world and you can have that answered in many different ways. And so when these guys are here now saying these kinds of things, you know damn well that whomever it is, they'll go after them with with uh, with knives and destroy, well, I don't know. I don't think it opens the door for a Democrat, but who knows? I, you know, I... And you know, Peter, what's, what's ironic is that I... I really do think Proposition HH is going to go down next week. I do, too. Uh, it might not. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a close election, but I think the trajectory has been for Toulouse, which will establish once again that, that over you, – you asked the right question about mm-hmm. what color we are. I still think on the issues that we are a purple state, and, and if, if HH goes down next week, it will prove that, that on fiscal issues especially and other issues, Colorado Republican voters really far left as they've been voting. So if you can if you can get away from the the influence of the Trump stench in these candidate elections, and you get to a pure issue choice, our side wins. Um, but the trouble with candidate elections is the candidates in in Colorado are totally covered in the stench of the mm-hmm. Trump mega stolen election mm-hmm. crowd. And so that's why I say right now we are deep blue because we are just we are cannot extract ourselves from that. And frankly, this current state Republican Party wants to, to dig us deeper into that stench. And the, everything they have done in the past uh, year has been to kick out unaffiliated voters from mm-hmm. participating in our primary. Oh, don't want them moving people. Yeah. Yes. I mean, kicking people out of the party, yep. attacking people who dare to, to <laughs> say they don't believe in conspiracy. Yeah. Um, so so right now, I don't see a lot of hope for the Republican Party to come back, although HH is going to prove that we can still win on the issues if we ever get out from under the stench of Trump. Well, I mean, you're right. There's a purging and it's party purging has happened many times in history. But if you can't pass the litmus test. If you can't say Donald Trump is the real president of the United States, that's the blood oath. If you can't pass that Rubicon, you're out of the party. I mean, tonight they're having a dinner up in Loveland. I know. And they invited Carrie Lake. I know. The most, the ultimate conspiracy theory. I know. I know. Who's him? And that, I mean, what, what message does that transcend to the vast majority of Coloradans who clearly cannot stand that? That that approach to the to uh, politics. I mean, it's just it is it is mind numbing. <laughs> there's I don't know. There's <laughs> I don't know if that'll sell out, but we'll see. But I have no idea. What but is I wonder if 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 Eastman will be there. He's hmm. he, he's the darling. Maybe he could MC the evening. Well, that's a good question. Uh, he, he, he's still going uh, I don't know if he's been, been paid oh. anything yet, but there is an entity raising money for that lawsuit. To, oh, sure. Is he to, still, um, if he loses his yeah. license, can he still practice law here? I, I've asked a couple of lawyer friends of mine about that, Pete, and I, I'm not sure yet. Okay. <laughs> I, right. I'm not, I couldn't. I, but, um, I, I don't know if he can or not. I, I'm still oh. unclear about that as well. Thank you for doing this. A busy week, busy weekend. Dick Wadhams, everyone. Take care. Thanks, Dick. Thank Bye. 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 I'm going to read some things. <laughs> um, drink every time Dick says the word 
stench. You misspelled it. No, I invented stench at Trump. Uh, that, that was my term. I take credit for that. Uh, George will have a better chance with independence than Deborah. We all know how many people jumped from the Trump party to independence. Uh, he will lose, though, and Douglas County will also turn blue. Uh, Pete, cheering, I love this, cheering on the communist show trials whoo, of Donald Trump is beyond contempt, even for a useful idiot like you. These show trials and unlawful warfare, absolute despotism or a civil war. That's the, that's the what? Uh, the caller needs to go back to Jersey, uh, whatever it is. So there's all of these things. Okay. Now, what I, big deal, what I wanted, because I tell people this talk radio, no man, it's master. I really wanted to talk about the rise of anti-Semitism. But one of the most important questions in the term of the, the history of all we're watching is, who is Israel at war with? However, uh, we can do what you want to do. We okay to take calls? Lou? Why don't we take a break? We'll take a break. 710 KNUS, Denver's talk station. The late, great Mr. Sam Cook. Oop. The men working on the chain gang. From your youth, 67 to high on a Saturday, 72. Sunday, Monday, 68 degrees. We have uh, two open lines, and it is open line. So let me read you a couple more things from the board. Uh, you left out propaganda. Huh. Uh, Wadhams pushed the repeal of Gallagher. Okay. You left out propaganda. Explain that one to me. Uh, I'll tell you about David Ellison. We'll go right to the phones. David Ellis, Cherry Creek. He's our guy. And we, we all know David and love David and watch David and telling you about your valuables with David Ellis Jewelers to get a fortune in cash. You know, it's not that far from the holidays. I, mean, I saw Christmas decorations up. People are going to, here it comes, right? All these things you've tucked away in your home is still true. Share the reasons to see David. Just in case you don't have a Rolex watch, a rare coin collection, or a silver tea set, go see David for really all meaningful gift giving because it is coming that way. David Ellis Jewelers, the right item, just at the right prices for special people that, that really mean the most. The antique watch, emerald pennant, gold necklace, and diamond rings. Trusted jeweler has been buying practical, precious metals and antiques in Colorado for decades. Dazzling cases filled with hundreds and hundreds of new and used pieces your loved ones will treasure. Visit David Ellis. See for yourself. Look for the black awning on the corner of 3rd and Clayton and Cherry Creek. Explore DavidEllisJewelries.com. Look at his website, DavidEllisJewelry.com. You can speak with David, my friend, 303-322-8779, 303-322-8779, and tell him Groucho sent you. All right, let's go to Don. Don, you're on a radio show. Thank you for waiting, and good morning. Good morning, Peter. Morning, sir. Been a while since I've talked to you. Glad you called. See, see everybody's uh, still has opinions. As well they should. So, your topic... <laughs> Your topic um, is about Israel. That's what you wanted to talk about. Well, I had a couple, and it's talk radio, so you do what you want to do with it. Well, I, I, I want to go with what your topic is, and I got 
a real quick one to bounce off just since it's the month. Israel, who are they fighting? Yeah, who are they at war with? A lot, a lot of... Who are they at war with? Yes, what I ask. Specific countries or an ideology? You, you can take it anywhere you want to take it. Well, I think they're at war with history as far as a large amount of people in the Middle East don't believe that Israel should be there, should have ever been given the land they were given, and the belief structures that they have towards Israel are just, you know, what a lot of people, and surprise me, people that I thought I knew, hold towards Jewish people. There's two, there's two separate parts of that, and I, if I could reset that. Sure, I wrote, yeah, I wrote, I wrote this down on my worksheet last night. I tried to put a worksheet together before a show. Who is Israel at war with? Question mark. And then the other one is now this away from the Middle East for a moment across the world. I mean, Cornell University shut its doors yesterday um, across the country right now, across the world. These huge now they're anti Israel demonstrations, but there's all this stuff about these, you know, Jewish kids riding uh, the subway in New York. Take your take your yarmulke off. I mean, that's a different boogie. So, quit rattling stuff. <laughs> quit rattling stuff. So, if you would tell me. Well, there is just an animus and hatred for the Jewish people that's worldwide and its tentacles have reached into an openness here in you know this country but, that in our lifetimes I don't think we've seen it here. You well, know, it's been here. It's been look it's you it, have it, it, the it, Go ahead. You have um you know, we've had the white supremacist movement yeah. and they weren't just about black people. The Jews were included in that. I talked to a guy from Palestine in London a couple of days ago. as a vendor I was trying to buy something from. And I asked him, I said, what's your accent? He says, oh, I'm from Jordan. Yeah. I said, oh, you're from Jordan. I said, yeah. I said, well, what do you think about the Israeli-Palestinian issue? He says, well... We support the Palestinians. Sure. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He says, well, to be honest with you, um, my parents were both Palestinians. Of we course. ended up in Jordan. Oh, of course. Take yeah, sure. yeah. You know, and I said, I said, we said, what do you think? I said, I think people all learn just to get along with each other. Well, that's too simple. Throw all the religion. That's, well, that's throw fine. all the religion that's, aside because well, all it's done is kill good. people. Like I said to the first guy, good luck with that. But. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's just like this country coming back. That ain't happening. Well, again, I don't care who's in office. It's I, I, not. I, I, it's too I, I, big. It's too Don, up. careful. Never. What, what? One of the great lessons I learned was never say never. But number two, um, this country is in terrible shape right now. I absolutely agree. This is crazier than the '60s ever were. The only real time you could find would be the American Civil War. The country is. And Joe Biden at the helm is absolutely the worst person that can be there. Having said all of those things, reality deals from the bottom of the deck. And so 
When I when I'm reading about Cornell and kind of a little history geek myself, <laughs> Cornell was Heidelberg University. Heidelberg University was in Germany in the rise of the of the Nazis. Heidelberg was this hotbed of anti-Semitism, not anti. They, these were anti-Semites. And at Heidelberg, and I'm thinking, right. Jesus, is Cornell University a modern Heidelberg? And um, I let it go. What I, happened there? I missed. I missed what happened at Heidelberg. They closed their doors. Uh, oh, they no, shut oh, at, at Cornell. Cornell. They shut yesterday down. There was no classes at, there yesterday. They, the movement uh, against In the Jewish. No, they shut it down in safety, for safety, because of what was happening to, to Jewish kids. And that's um, a wise... But again, it has all happened before, this ugliness again. Donnie, thank you, man. Let's go to Nick. Hey, Nick, you're on the radio show. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Here's just a few uh, things that I um, believe in. This anti-Semitism has always been there. It yes. just takes the right uh, co- uh, combination of circumstances to kind of activate it. So it's not a question that's an ebb and flow of Jewish hate. I think it's always there, always been there. Let me and ask you, again, though, if I could, I'll bounce with you. Um, you know, when George Patton throws up on Eisenhower and these people see this Dachau and they see Belson and they see Ravensbrück and they see you know, Auschwitz, they see these things. And and you know it's this this horrible moment to see where all of this ultimately ends up. So now here here it is again, Nick. Why? Um, well, we haven't gotten to the con- concentration camps yet. We're not at that phase. Uh, well, that's not what I'm suggesting. Because if you read again, up hackneyed Heidelberg University. Remember the the Nuremberg Acts don't take place until, I think, 1938. This stuff is going on in 34, 35, and 36. After Nuremberg Acts, it's, you know, game's over. And Well, again, again, the anti-Semitism, I think, was always stronger in Europe than it was here, mm. although it did exist here, but not at the same intensity. I, I, I would the, agree. I would agree. That's well said. Now, all it would take to activate anti-Semitism in this country is just a confluence of certain trends, and that's what's happened. An example. Now, if, Give me an example of what you mean. Well, this whole woke culture in America mm-hmm. sucks, and uh, the, uh, the whole nine mm-hmm. yards, mm-hmm. and the LBGTQ, I can't even No, I don't, uh, you can't. Up you, up. you can't play them into this. I mean, this stuff is, I mean, you know, people, are, there's factions and factors in all of these things, but... Um, but well, what has happened? What has happened is all um, guidelines have been swept aside. There's no right or wrong now for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no ethical morality for a lot of people. Yeah, I I, I think that where things go off the track, and I, I I I'm following what you're saying. There there comes these moments, and historians talk about them that. Maybe epoch's not the right word, but there is a moment where the plates of the earth will shift. Right. But, but after everybody sees, you know, I mean, you read that stuff about when they liberate the camps and all this kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Germany for five years. Okay. What, did and, you, did uh, you sense it was gone? 
Well, what, the anti-Semitism? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They barely talked about it because this they was can't. like in the early they 60s. Yeah, they can't. And, you know, they weren't exactly in a good position to talk about anything. Well, when you read, uh, when you read the German education schools and systems that, you know, finally put themselves back on track, you know, you, you read, you read, you read, World War I happens, the Kaiser leaves, the Americans are occupying Germany. It's like, it's like this time period is missing. And uh, Russian education was much the same way until just more recently that everything was good and Lenin pulls off a revolution. Khrushchev's in charge. <laughs> it's like they, they can quantumly leap over. And uh, you're right. I mean, I, but there's a saying in Europe, the Germans were Nazis. The Austrians are, you know, kind of a thing where, I lived in Austria for five years, and uh, I remember my. Uh, I went to a German school for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and the uh, brother of uh, the the secretary, the UN secretary, whose name is uh, mm-hmm. uh, name escapes me. There was a lot of controversy because all this stuff started bubbling up oh. about oh. his controversy during the Second World War. I sure. think it was in Yugoslavia. Oh, of course. And all of us, and all of a sudden. <laughs> The guy, the guy they're talking about, uh, is my uh, natural history teacher. <laughs> sure. Hey, look, remember Valdheim? That was his name. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. Kurt was his first name. Kurt Valdheim, and he had a brother who happened to be teaching natural sciences in the school I was at. And that's but how the, this, that whole thing blew up. But the interesting thing, it's like you know Schwarzenegger's father. You know, you they when George Bush, you know, I I hesitate, but. They found out if you were ever a member of Saddam's Ba'athist Party, then you could never get your job back. Well, when they took over, you know, Western Germany, for when Germany gets divided and Berlin gets divided, but these guys are smart enough to know that if you're going to get the streetcars working, the power back on. you got to uh, hire some of these people. And, 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 well, and they hired them all. They just, well, it's okay, you know, and... Um, it's that great line in the movie Patton. What are you talking about? I had to get this country up and running again. Everything oh, was flat on its back. Same was true in Japan. They, uh, you know, it was MacArthur's brilliance that he, he knew. I mean, everybody's death loyal to uh, Hirohito, and there, were, and they, there was very few. I mean, the if you look at the trials in Europe versus the trials, the war tri, war tri, wartime trials in uh, in Japan, they they hell of a lot less and. The Japanese war crimes in China and the things that they did, but right. I, I, you know, like only a half a dozen of those guys ever went on trial in Germany. But the one smart thing that they did do is the only thing they really looked for is whether or not you were in the SS, and um, they would have that tattoo, and right. it was over their hearts, and so they would line them up. This has all been chronicled. They'd line them up and make them take their shirts off. And no, I'm not making this up. And what the what the old SS guys they're burning themselves with cigarettes. So this is for real. <laughs> no, listen to me. I'm a geek about I know, this. No, I know. They're, it's not funny. No, they're, not no, funny. it is funny. But they're burning themselves um, to try and you know dissipate. And you know, I'm inked up. You know, so if I took a cigarette lighter or something to try to burn my arm off, I'd still have tattoos. I still have marks. So they had exactly the, the, the SS. Over, so the British soldiers, there's great stories. The British soldiers would have them all lined up. 
and they would say, get your shirt off, Fritz. Let's see if you've been a bad boy. For, I'm, I'm, Nick, for real, for real, for real. And they see, see if you've been a bad boy. You've been a bad boy, Fritzy. Have you? And they they were just jerking them off, you know. And they'd make them take their shirts off, and you could see where they had taken lit cigarettes and and burned the as to get this is going to get me by. They were through. So if you were part of that, or but then they needed the guys to get the water on. There's a actually in in Berlin. There's a statue, and they called them the rubble, the rubble frower. The rubble, say it, Peter. The rubble uh, frau, the German women who removed the rubble from the bombings. There's a statue. Right. There's a statue to them. I've seen the statue, and these are the women who cleared the streets and did all this kind of stuff. And you know, who were they? Were they in the Hitler Jugend? Probably. You know, but they were going. Wait a minute, we got a bigger problem over here. It's the Reds, and so they started cutting. Sl- but it was smart. But they got the power back on. And remember, they, yes, they, they, they had to. They, they get a guy named w- Wally Brown, I think was his name. And, Willie Brown. Yeah, but Wally Brown, and he was going to be the president. And then the Russians had a guy named Walter Ulbricht, and he hid out in the Kremlin. He was a Marxist German. And Valley was, you know, a pro-West, small D Democrat. Put him on, put him on the on the bench, I mean, and it was smart. It was very, very smart. And when when Bush gets into Baghdad, if you if you had the stench of uh, of Saddam on you, he wouldn't hire you. So it all went to you know where in, the, in a hand basket, and oh, yeah, yeah, he, he, know, he, yeah. he, he and Fat Dick pulled it off. So, yeah, brother yeah, man, well. but. but you always learn from your fathers. You know they got things to t- teach you if you're willing to read it. But the deeper question for me right. is: is that there's always evil in the world, and all it takes is the right, right stew of again, circumstances to to activate it. But again, if you go back into the archives of the Germans, um, you have to look at what they believed and this is important you when you read them they were doing the right thing according to how they believed they weren't doing evil they were doing the right thing yeah they were cleaning up the mess and that's why belief is so frightening as opposed to knowledge yes it is yes and remember yes because and and the reason is it's a lot easier to believe than to actually do some critical thinking and think about things yeah no, and that's the point that is so missed by um, talk show hosts and politicians and all kinds of other people. But it is um, it is true. All right, man. Very good call. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look. All right, uh, this one just came in. Yo, Pete, remember Waldheimer's disease? W a l d h e i m e r s. You forgot you were a Nazi. <laughs> Send them in, I'll read them. Don't know what it means. Um, 710, KNUS Denver's talk station. Good morning. I'm Peter Boyles. It's 1041, 19 before the hour. Alan Stack and Stack Optical, my guy, serving the Denver area since 1968. Focusing on providing the highest standards of customer service. And while do they have a great selection of eyewear? Uh, they do appointments, so this is the way to do it right. You call the number, 
They're at 2233 South Monaco Parkway. Call 303-321-1578. 303-321-1578. Visit them online at stackoptical.com. Alan Stack is my guy. Now I'm actually due to go get an eye exam. Glasses are from Stack. My motorcycle glasses, my prescription skiers, my, my sunglasses, name it. Alan Stack has been my guy. So Stack Optical has what you're looking for. Located 2233 South Monaco Parkway, South Monaco and Evans. Call them today and ask for the $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578, 303-321-1578. Visit them online at stackoptical.com, stackoptical.com. Premier Care Vision Health. I'm telling nobody better, and they'll set the date. Like, you want to go, I like to go Tuesday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Bing. For, and that when there's no waiting, let you in, sit down, go to work. Call them and tell them I sent you. They're, Alan Stack is just the best. 303. Here's the number. 303-321-1578. Make the appointment. 2233 South Monaco Parkway, Monaco and Evans today. All right. What are we going to do here, my boy? But play some ads? Okay. 710 KNUS. Morning, everybody. It's a Saturday morning, 710 KNUS Denver's talk station. This is beautiful weather, 67 to high. I'm getting all the text messaging from my outlaw friends about riding tomorrow. 72 and then 68 on Monday. Um, a couple of questions that minimum I wrote down to bring into the show was uh, who, and I think this is a, a, a difficult question, but a good one, who is Israel at war with? And the other one we're talking about, anti-Semitism raising its its ugly head again and living with what we're living with now. Uh, let's let's see. Huh. Oh, <laughs> I'm kind of over this. Pete, thought you would have caught that when Kurt Waldheim was up for the U.N. I know the story but couldn't recall being in the Nazi party. Oh, oh, I see. That, that wasn't aimed at me. You forgot you were a Nazi because that would have floored me. The KKP person talking about Waldheim. Thank you. Now I understand it. Contextualize, and we'll get it better. But thank you. You're right. That's why I knew his first name, Kurt. He forgot he was a Nazi. I was a Nazi? <laughs> Let's go back here. We go to Andy. You waited, Andy. Thank you very much, and good morning. Yeah, I'm torn. I'm, I've, I, uh, <clears throat> let me tell you where I stand first. I'm a Christian. I was definitely one of those guys that was pro-Israel, pro. Um, they own that. That they are entitled to their um, identity and their land and that type of thing. And then I went out there this past summer, and I traveled all the way from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem to Gaza to Hebron and the West Bank. I saw it all, and I got to tell you, I feel like I had a re visit or mm-hmm. re-examine my thoughts on the Palestinians and the Muslims because they were by far way more kind and welcoming and just uh, hum- human compared to the Jewish people out there overall. And I was Did, only when, out there for a few weeks. When you crossed into Gaza, were you on the bus where they had to change the driver? No, I had a, um, we had a, a private taxi that oh, took okay. us in. The, I had to go through a checkpoint. Was it a um, was it a Hebrew a Jewish or Israeli driver and or was it a Palestinian Muslim driver? It was, was a Palestinian because it was it was on the, the Sabbath. No, no, they I, weren't working. I, I crossed. No. Excuse me. Oh, I, I, I crossed, and it's really an experience because it's like 
I don't know if you agreed it, but you go into another world when you cross. Yeah, and I, I, when you were there, I don't know if you caught any of this, but and, and here's my thing: that when people um, say that this was like they, there was, they're so sympathetic against the Jews. The Jews out there really do some horrible things to the Palestinians, and and it get you when people go, "How could this have happened?" I don't, I sometimes ask, "How could this not have happened?" These people live in an open-air prison. They're spit on. They're hassled constantly by the IDF. And um, the amount of resources they have. Like, I saw, saw some of the, the water pipes that go into uh, Hebron. And it's just like the size of a garden hose versus a normal, like, water system. is You know, it's got a diameter of a basketball. I just, it's, it's, there's a, there's a the, rub there. Here's, and it's really so difficult to handle. And I'm a reader, and I try to understand it and I've made some you know some visits and I've been places and but the Palestinians get caught and you know the power in the Arab world tells them in 48 leave we'll destroy the Israelis and you can come back well it didn't happen that was round one but it goes back to Balfour it goes back to Zionism it goes back to uh, and into the time of Lawrence and it and it's never straight. I'm reading the rereading the Ottomans. During the Ottomans, everybody seemed to get along. There wasn't any. I mean, the Turks are Ottomans, they're, so they're not Arabs, and they're they're Muslims, but they run the show. And everybody there was a, a thriving Jewish community in Baghdad, you know. And and of course, there's no Iraq. Iraq's not a country. It's just. Well, even like in Iran, some of the women in the seventies and eighties were they were very modern. They oh, weren't yeah. wearing hijabs. No, and and I'm not making excuses by for the Muslims no, in no, any please. any regards because they've got their flaws. And I'm not anti-Semitic. And I think the problem is is if you're at all critical of Israel right now, you're deemed anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like if you get if you're if you're a thinker and you want to just look at this from yep. different angles, like yep. even like Black Lives Matter, you're not a racist if you go, mm, I see a problem here. Yeah, no, I and listen. I agree with you. You're bombing these people back to the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. With, incredible, and I, and again, I'm not what what the Palestinians did a couple of weeks ago at that music festival is disgusting. Yeah, but also how many little kids are being killed in Gaza right now is disgusting. And, and remember this, I've not, but a bit. I I, I was in um, the Bakah, and the airplanes, although Israeli pilots, they're American planes, and. Everybody, we get caught up in this. We that now Joe's got what three um, battle fleets, aircraft carriers off the coast. Joe, Joe is a Joe. Joe is the biggest idiot oh, on the planet. Dude, oh, this my. this is an embarrassment. And and again, how do how do people know? Don't go. Hey, we're going to send a bunch of aid there, but at the same time, we're also going to keep funding and sending oh. weapons there. What a waste of money. And when people can't buy a steak for more than 30 bucks at the grocery store, and so they're going, wow, we just keep sending more and more money to all these different places around the planet. When you when you see this for what it is, and I listen to radio talk shows now because I just need to laugh, but everybody's upset about Iran and Putin. I said, we, Joe Biden and company, have been sticking our finger in Joe, Joe and excuse me, into Putin's eye in Ukraine now for, what, 17, 18 months, arming his enemies, helping his enemies, putting American GIs to help his enemies, all of that. And so when he turns around and does it back, oh, my God. 
And I'm thinking, don't you understand the, the power politics, the global power politics? You jacked with me for 18 months by backing the Ukrainians. Now we're backing your enemy because the enemy of your enemy. So we're backing Palestinians. And, and so everybody that has these two-bit radio shows is up in arms. Don't you understand the global scope of what Putin just did? Yeah, to well, me it's it, obvious, it, and it makes sense on, on so many sure, levels. Give it back to them. And now, yeah. and I, I had this conversation, I said, now, forbid, but please, what a great time for the Chinese to start talking about Taiwan. Now, on a, on a different level, did you see the movie War Dogs? Yes, I have, yeah. And, and isn't it an eye-opener, too, to just see how much money is involved in oh, war? Listen, how much... And how much it costs to outfit an american soldier oh, and that, that, that martin marietta's stocks have gone through the roof look 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 at what i call it the war machine i used to call it the military industrial complex and now i know better don't you think the war machine is pumping out so much money in ukraine in in, in the me and you know all around the world and of course now we depleted our own supplies in this country so you know the dod is buying from the war machine again Joe Biden, I watch him. Did you see him do that one thing? He said, I want to go to bed. Did you, did you see that cut? I said, I, Joe. When, when there's so many other players out there that yeah. respect force yeah. and they look at us, but that guy's our leader, they no. can't find the tapioca stand at no. the old folks' home. No, he's, that guy is an embarrassment. He's, uh, Joe, here's, here's, one more, here's one more thing I, right. I think is frightening. I have a nephew at West Point, and um, – they have changed all their military science classes. You know, their military science classes mm. focuses on the art of war and the strategy sure. of war. And up until recently, it's always it's been for the last number of years the the science of how you would attack and fight a war with the Arabs. Well, here we are. But you know what they've done? They've taken that and changed the curriculum, and they're now focused completely on how do you fight a war with China. No, I got one if, for you. If it, that's what if that's oh. what West Point's knowledge and their intel is doing, well, think that's about frightening. It. All right. The final exam at the Japanese, uh, their, their, their equivalent of Annapolis. They had one question on their, on their final exam all through the 30s. What was that question? I have no idea. How would you attack Pearl Harbor? <laughs> no, really, that was their final exam question. How, yeah. how would... So, you know, like, well, I mean, so should you agree? Do you think the United States knew that Pearl Harbor was going to happen the day before it happened? There are conspiracy people that believe it. I don't. I've read as much as I can. I don't believe that. But um, no, well, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm again. I just posed that question because I wonder: Did Israel know that that was going to happen? Boy, that's a question they're kicking around. They, they. That, that's the reason I asked that. Yeah, no, that's, that's no. a question that's been posed. No, because no, Netanyahu. No, they didn't know it was coming. None of them would. No, no one would have allowed that. It's like George Bush knew 9-11 was coming or the Israelis knew or something. No. But apparently the Egyptian intelligence agencies told them three days before it's coming, and they paid no attention to it. I got to jump. Good call. Folks right. on the phones, stay there. Another hour of open line straight ahead. I'm Peter Boyle, 710 KNUS. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.